Welcome, welcome, welcome to the first 2024 edition. Wow, I forgot. Yeah, we had, we, had, we had a whole new year in there. We I did. Of Let's Talk Shop with Denise and Karina. I'm Karina. I'm Denise. And we're here to talk shop. Um, yeah. yeah, happy new year. I slept through it. What about you? Um, I was flying home. Like so, during the new year? Like at midnight? Almost. We got home at 1130. All right. So I, I, I would have yeah. almost been able to see fireworks. Yeah. Oh, that actually would have been pretty cool. I know. Right. Being, a, I think I've really seen neat. them before from the plane. That was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we're flying home. Great. Great. Mm -hmm. uh, but is that from your cruise or from? Yes. So yeah. family vacation we do instead of buying the kids um, anything, they don't need anything. We just do a vacation between Christmas and New Year and any groomer, business owner, whatever um you want to be <laughs> it <laughs> helps so much the first year we did it was after 2020 because of you know them taking away travel and all that other stuff so we're like let's go and we need to go do something oh my goodness you know that really weird fog lull that you get you don't know what day it is in between christmas and new year yes goes away like when you're off that like when we leave i come back and it, i don't have that lull so it's very nice brilliant that's great yeah. and also i think it's fantastic to give your kids experiences rather than things i mean i don't actually have a leg to stand on here uh, i don't have kids so i don't know what i'm talking about but i hear that that makes for good well-rounded individuals and it's just it's just a good practice to have because i certainly feel the same like does anybody really need anything anymore like no and they're know. 13 and 17 so like they're they, they buy the stuff that they want they save for whatever they want um yeah. the one's birthday is the beginning of december so guess what he doesn't need anything yeah and he like as stuff. long as they have a working phone they're they're good they don't yep. really need anything yeah fantastic well that's great mm -hmm. yeah um uh yeah i know i had family over and um then i slept through it yeah it was fantastic I usually sleep through it. That was the running joke was that we're actually going to be awake for, you know, the new year mm -hmm. because yeah, we were yeah. flying. Now, are you closed from Christmas to New Year's? No. No, you're open. Uh, okay. We're open. Um, I never, uh, never we're really open. had any... We're open too, by the way. We're yeah, yeah. I never had anyone want to take off or if they do, like I had one groomer, um, she had to go to South Carolina to go see her brother because he's in the service and couldn't come home uh even the day after because we're closed sunday monday and i didn't realize they didn't have like an extra day off with mm -hmm. christmas mm -hmm. so i went around to everyone who was working on that tuesday and i said do you want off and we did a skeleton shift i had two groomers one bather and a receptionist they all wanted to work and and i shortened the day yeah so that it was all condensed and they all worked the same hours and it worked really nice so the ones didn't who didn't want to lose money in their paycheck could still be there and then the other ones yeah. That's brilliant. So. Yeah. I, um, same thing, you know, it's a little bit lighter after the holidays, but, mm -hmm. um, to be honest, like when we've, I, I don't know if you've experienced this, but when we first opened, there were huge, just swings between Christmas and January and, or December and January. And, mm -hmm. And uh, I would see like a 25% decrease in my overall revenue, typically between going from December to January. Um, and now I, I definitely see a decrease in revenue, but it's it's actually more from uh, retail drops, not from grooming anymore. My grooming's pretty stable across the months. Mm -hmm. So it's been really nice to like, as we've grown, to see those months kind of level out. And yes. it just makes like, it just makes planning for payroll and and things that uh, just way easier. But I don't know if you experienced that as well. We so yes, I used to do the ups and downs, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and then I want to say so they get their bare minimum of what every groomer can do, and then so like at Christmas time, there's squishy spots, right? They mm -hmm. can get some easier dogs we can get another dog in so we call them squishy spots uh in january there's like just that. not squishies you know usually yeah. it's just a nice steady schedule mm -hmm. which is nice uh this past week we weren't ridiculously booked which was nice that you know and we had call-ups 
So COVID and uh, sickness went through both locations. So actually, it always works out. It always works out. Yeah, it, it, it's, every it's, time. Been, it's been terrible for us with COVID. We mm-hmm. had it spread through, um, I think we had four or five people out with COVID now. Um, and it was like every two days, somebody would um, call in. I, I think it started right before Christmas on the 23rd Oh, um, was my first call off. And then... Uh, and these are like very legitimate call offs, you know, like yeah. like my yeah. my team is great. They would, you know, they know um well, it really stinks like calling when somebody calls in on the Saturday before Christmas. That really stinks. Um right. but if you have covid, we don't want you anywhere near us. Um and also like who wants to groom dogs when you have covid? That's no good. But uh yeah, even today somebody just tested positive. So it's just been like every two or three days one more one more bites the dust, unfortunately. And um, I don't know, I'm looking forward to this being over because just in general, uh, respiratory disease among humans right now is just... Oh, it's crazy. Is the season, man. Between RSV, flu, and COVID, it is nasty out there. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, I can't speak for... I did get my COVID and my flu shots this year and I haven't had anything although i did think i had rsv in october and i was sick for about a month i'm not even kidding oh, yeah you were it was yeah, yeah. i remember that mm-hmm. yeah i was like coughing up big green gooey stuff for a very long time um <laughs> so what what's interesting though is um we didn't um we didn't talk about this in our little pre-show talk so i'm just gonna go rogue here Ooh. um the dog flu the dog mysterious respiratory illness um I'm not hearing nearly as much as I was hearing about it. And what I have been reading is that they can't find a novel pathogen, which means it is just the regular respiratory stuff that dogs always get. And it's just a particularly bad year, maybe, Mm -hmm. or it's presenting in a particularly interesting way. So that's, that's actually good news, I think. It is. And we did, um, so we did the knowledgeable pet owner podcast and we did an episode on that. And I didn't realize up in New England, they've already had whatever this strain is going around, whatever, you know, just the normal crud or it's actually been there for a little over a year. They've had this sort of, so, and it keeps going back and forth. So when we did that, it was really eye-opening because Lisa Herbold is in the vet side of everything. Mm. Mm-hmm. So she hears a lot of these things and has the doctors and stuff. So it was really cool to even hear that part. But yeah, no, you don't hear anything about it. And people who canceled in like December, they're like, okay, we're coming. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know if they're, um, I had a couple, but I haven't, I haven't heard if they're coming back, but their dogs are going to be matted. Mm-hmm. Ooh, matted. Yep. Um, yeah, it's, it is a important lesson in, scientific literacy and media literacy and how sometimes um, vets or scientists will put something out and the media will take it and run with it. And then the people reading the media will take it and run with it even further. So I, I know a couple of people kind of like messaged me and said like, Hey, are you going to do a Facebook live? Or are you going to do a post about this? And I was like, no, um, <laughs> sorry <really>. guys. Well, <laughs> I was waiting for concrete information and there uh-huh. is none. So there I mean, it. the, the Facebook live would have been me going on and being like, we don't know anything like stay tuned. <laughs> and I'm still saying the same thing. Like there's no, there's no evidence that anything is happening. Um, it's just wild speculation. So yeah, I, I think, um, unfortunately, you know, scientists are really conservative and the media is not. So scientists don't say things like in, they don't speak in absolutes, right? They're like, well, right. it might be this or it might be that or, you know, we don't really know. And uh, the media does not consume information like that. So this just really took off in a scary way. But Yeah. And a lot of people got affected by it. Like we had, I mean, we had a decent, we didn't have a lot call, you know, call up and say, I'm. The ones that we had already had reoccurring and they're like, we're just going to skip back to or December and see what it does. And we're going to keep our January appointment. So mm-hmm. it, they just skipped up, you know, one appointment yeah. or whatever. I had a few people who 
maybe had the fear mongering because they hit like of course one of like the the mom sites or whatever community groups and that's when it sort of we got the calls and then it went away so people are starting to hey yep now we're really overdue yeah mom sites are that's where science goes to die you know just (laughs) so no no offense guys but you gotta be careful with out there it's it's a a dangerous world out there so it is yeah um so yeah so well i don't know i guess we'll just hold tight and see if anything else develops but i'm hoping that's the end of it Mm -hmm. um so yeah in our little pre-show talk um we were just discussing goals and how this is typically the month for goal setting and resolutions and taking stock of all the growth that you had last year. And we were talking about how that's just such a bummer. <laughs> it is. I, I'll tell you what. It, it's a bummer. It is. And resolutions are I don't want to hear about your growth. <laughs> 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 Sorry. <laughs> but it's, it's, yeah, you know, when you've had a hard year and everybody's uh-huh. just like, wow, I I, you know, added six bands to my business and I have 87 groomers and I'm grooming this much and I have all this growth. And you're just like, I woke up this morning. Yep. (laughs) I got a, I put on pants today. That's been, I know our years have been very parallel. That has Mm -hmm. most definitely been our year. We survived 2023. I think that's the whole whole idea of all of that. So, yeah. Yeah. And I want you guys to know if you're listening, it's okay to just just made it across the finish line. Mm-hmm. Like there is nothing wrong with that. We're not setting any records here. Nope. I don't have I don't have amazing remarkable growth. Uh I don't have I don't have any real milestones that I can be like point to and be like I'm really proud of this. Um but I think um celebrating the little wins right like Mm -hmm. celebrating the small things that we're accomplishing every day and the the less tangible stuff like I I would love to come on here and say I've got it all figured out I got 50% profits uh you know over last year and revenues up 2000% I would love to tell you all that and it's all it's all bullshit that's not true that's not true at all um no I had a pretty conservative year by Mm -hmm. most standards but if I think back and I take stock to like where we've grown this year, our culture's in the best place it's ever been. How do you quantify that? I don't know. It's just a feeling, right. you know. Um, you know, I think um, organizationally we made some improvements, some adjustments. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. That's all I got. Like, and I'm okay with those small incremental wins. And it's a, it's a healthy business. You don't yeah. need strong numbers. And I, it always, cause I do it. I do the comparison all the time, right? Oh my gosh, look, they did this. And you see all these posts about all these amazing things that people have done within their business. And yeah, if you don't have a substantial number, right? Like that's really what everyone shows off. They show off numbers and they show off, um, oh, I'm booked out for two years, which by the way, I don't, I hate that part of I don't do that. I don't want that. Um, but why would anybody want that? I don't want that. I want, I want to have some flexibility in my schedule and I want to, my clientele, I want, Hey, we get a lot of business coming from, and it is a hard pill to swallow sometimes. I'm not going to lie. You know, when you hear someone who's booked out for a year, but when you're high volume, we talk to high volume, um, people, right? Mm -hmm. So when you're high volume, there's a huge difference of getting a schedule filled of someone who can do what, six dogs a day, eight dogs a day, 30 to 40 dogs a week versus 30 to 40 dogs a day and keep that up and running, right? So comparing apples to apples. So it always drives me crazy when you see all these things. And I know that it's a bummer for a lot of people. I know that people get hit hard with that and, and really discredit the little mile, the little growth that they did throughout the year. So with mine, it was, most definitely a culture shift, um, some staff changing. I did a build out. So like, you know, we, I, I actually moved in my dream location. 
So there is that. But guess what? That put us $70,000 in the hole. Done. (laughs) There you go. You're done. Yep. (laughs) Done. You know, but but that's a huge, but, but that is, you know, that's a win. Take it for what it is. is. And, and, you know, that's an investment. Mm-hmm. And you, you've got things set up the way that you want them set up. But like you said, we can't like most of the time you and I can't even compare apples to apples against each other because no, things are different. Like I, mm-hmm. I know like um, numbers wise, we're kind of around the same area, but the way our salons run is very different. Our overheads different. Our problems are different. And it's just really difficult. I, I just know a lot of groomers get in the habit of kind of following a groomer or a shop on social media and putting them up on a pedestal of like, I want my shop or I want my situation to be like theirs. Mm-hmm. And it's super dangerous. Don't do that. Like, sure, t- pick and choose, you know, the things that right. you like. Because I am all for having mentors and having people to look up for and having things to 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 strive for. But um, you can't compare. You just can't. Like your problems are going to be very different animals, quite literally, mm-hmm. than, uh, than everybody else's. So uh, I know for me, um, I don't, you know, my, my peers, they might have had huge wins and that's okay that I don't. Mm-hmm. It's all right. And it's hard in social media because you don't know the circumstances behind some of these wins. Mm -hmm. So you can't compare yourself. And this goes personal too, but I mean, this is all about, we talk about business, but that's the personal side as well. You don't know everything else behind all of it. The stories and the (laughs) other parts to all of it, you know? So was it, and, and this isn't just to discredit anyone's growth, but let's say someone hit, goal record goals of they doubled their clientele did they have someone go out of business in the area that may have jump-started that Mm -hmm. or did they market in a way that got that to go in that direction you know even the circumstances of how people are hitting the goals are so different and each area is different my two locations are they're 20 minutes apart they're probably about 10 miles, 15 miles, somewhere around there. And they, um, they grow so differently and the clientele is so different though. It's right down the road. So like one location does really well with print advertisement. If I want to go ahead and do that, where the other location does better with, um, like a little town money saver, right? Mm -hmm. Even just the ways to get each of those locations to grow, and everything's still the same. It's just a different location. Yeah. So it's amazing how much diversity goes into businesses. It it's true. And um, you know, for me, this year we're we're pretty much flat with last year for revenue. Like it's not okay. mm-hmm. yeah. And this is the first year that I haven't had double digit percent growth. Mm-hmm. Us too. Yeah. This is the first time in 10 years that I haven't. Mm-hmm. And what I'm realizing, a couple things. Uh, firstly, I couldn't catch up to the growth. It wasn't good. Like, what's what's the use of 50% growth every year if you're just constantly pay- playing catch up to scale so that next year you can do that again? It, it was exhausting. It is very exhausting. Yeah. Um, and And then on top of that, like, I wasn't able to organize myself properly. Um, so this year we're flat and then it, it, it kind of panned out, it panned out really great actually, um, where we're flat, but the revenue mix is different. So we actually grew our self-service and retail business quite a bit this year. And, uh, that made up for losses in other parts of the business. So it weirdly we're healthier. Like, are we making huge gains over last year? No, but our revenue mix is so much healthier. Our processes are better. Um, like I said, our culture is better. Our organization is better. So I, the thing that I'm getting blessed with in this, you know, this past year was like not having that growth because I, well, it's addicting too, you know, like when you grow, 
when you grow like 20, 30% every year, you're like, oh man. And then you start thinking that's the norm. That's not the norm. It's not. That's, that's not the norm. That's you, that's you scaling and growing up your business in the beginning. Mm-hmm. The norm is where you flatten out. And then you got to do the very unsexy business of like, you know, getting a handle on expenses, having <laughs> a good budget, like, uh, you know, consistent aspect. Of yeah. Everything. It's like Ugh. planning for growth. And that is, that is like, that's the brushing your teeth, like boring hygiene of business. You know, that's like the less fun part. Um, but still incredibly important at the end of the day. Well, and you had just said about you couldn't keep up with the growth and neither could I. Right. So when you do that, when you grow fast like that, what I, what happened with me was I lost sight of who I was in my community, why I started, why I started or what I started and what my, I don't want to say goals were, but what my vision was, because I always had this vision, but not necessarily goals to get there. I just knew I want this vision. And actually that will go into really good of what we were talking about last week when we were talking about this episode. Um, so I find the blessing in I'm getting back to my roots. I'm getting back into the community. I'm getting back into, I want to work with area businesses that are small. You know, I, here's the cool part about being bigger, right? We can offer a few more things than maybe a smaller scale business. So like uh, there's a lady who does really small out of her home boarding and she posted, she's great. Like I, I really jive with her message and everything else. And we haven't really met face to face, but we'll randomly talk and communicate through Facebook. And she posted that we have muddy season right now and she has no room for a grooming setup. So she's like, I'm sorry, baby wipes can only do so much. And I reached out to her and I'm like, you want to do something together? You know, like I can offer you a discount for your clients. And she's like, well, I can't discount anything. I'm like, give me a shout out. Right. It's all about community. It's all about working together. She's like, that'd be great. I already recommend you. Right. And now she has something. What's really cool is her business now can stand out. And what am I going to get? I may not get much out of it, but she can offer something to her clients and I can take a little bit of a hit and have my bathers do a bath dog here and there to help her out. So, you know, I don't need anything from it. And it's really cool that I can get to offer that now because all that large growth that was so fast is now evening out and I can get back to the things that I loved doing like that. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's that's a great little symbiotic relationship you have there. That's great. Right. And I mean, even if it's 20% off of a bath, that's it's extra revenue. It's a bather who's doing it who's hourly anyway. So there you go. Yep. A little go. bit of extra. Yeah, we do. Um, You know, we've talked before about grooming not being like I don't discount grooming really ever, but baths, which mm-hmm. I consider sort of separate uh baths are a different story especially if um if i'm you know uh equipped to to handle it with uh so we'll do a bath sale we'll do like a little flash bath uh sale and um or no call it a splash sale that's what it is, <laughs> splash sale <laughs> um and we'll put on an extra bather for the day and we're good to go so we do that when um when a lot of groomers take time off and we need just oh there to, you go to generate some more traffic coming in mm-hmm. um so like we're we're going on the cruise um in two weeks with um with blake the barkley pet pro cruise and i'm bringing four of my groomers so to supplement that while we're away we'll be doing a splash sale nice um, yeah so i do sometimes discount baths depending on the circumstances so mm-hmm. that's good. um the other thing i wanted to say about like those small little incremental goals those those small things is we were talking today about um, I just finished employee reviews for the most part um, and so we gave everybody a cost of living adjustment and in full transparency to them we told them you know how much payroll burden that was adding to the bottom line which it ended up being about thirty thousand dollars across all the employees mm-hmm. which that is a that's a pretty big chunk of change that's it that's is. a per- I could hire a whole other person for that that's Mm -hmm. yeah that's a lot of money um 
but they're totally worth it. I, I wish that we could give them even more. Um, but I don't have a solid plan for where that money comes from. So I, you know, made projections for like what I think this year is going to look like, but I don't have $30,000 worth of growth in any one particular area that I can point to and be like, okay, there, that's, that's the money that we're setting aside for raises. So when we were um, talking in reviews, we were discussing how we're kind of looking at it a little bit differently this year. And maybe this is not super healthy, but this is how we're going to do this. We are giving everyone these raises where we know it's $30,000 and we are going to find that money in those little, those little things that you do every day to eke out an extra buck. Mm -hmm. So um, for example, uh, I mean, there's some easy ones, right? Like making sure appointments are filled, making sure, you know, if, if somebody cancels or no shows that that gets filled, making sure um, places where we can fit in an extra dog that we do, um, making sure that timing wise that we're not booking too long for dogs, because that's another way that we can mm -hmm. uh, have have missed efficiencies. But then in our retail lobby, making sure we ask any toys or treats today. Um, making sure we tell our customers what the promotions are, uh, making sure we sell seasonal add-on packages to the groom packages. And all of these things don't really feel day-to-day -day like that's going to add up. But if each one of those things is a dollar that we didn't have before, mm -hmm. then then we do that 30,000 times across the course of the whole year and we find that money. And I really feel that in the same way that like New Year's resolutions typically are about exercise, which is horrible, <laughs> but, yes. but, um, it is, I am, I am learning to be less goal oriented and more process oriented because when you set unreasonable goals, um, which I am all for, I'm a dream big person, like, don't get me wrong, but when you, you do that, me? Yeah. What? Us? What? No, 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 not no. at all. When we do that and we don't reach them, there's, there's a, a transaction that happens in your brain of like, you know, I'm not good enough. It's not worth it. I didn't try hard enough, all this stuff. But if your goal is the process itself, like forget losing 20 pounds, like screw that. That sounds horrible. I'm not doing that. Right. My goal instead is just to go to the gym every day. Mm-hmm. That is an attainable goal. And that is making setting in place a habit that I will be able to achieve. And then probably I will lose 20 pounds by, okay. by, you know, extension. But same thing with my goal. I'm not going to my people and saying, you have to make $30,000. Like, and I'm going to track it and here's a thermometer and I'm going to make a tick every time you do this. No, no, no. We're just going to say the goal is the process. Let's make sure that we're always doing these things all the time. And then we will have 30,000 more dollars. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, that that subtle mind shift kind of mindset shift there is it, it, it seems silly. It seems irrelevant, but it is important because that is much more attainable to me than um, find $30,000. Like let's instill these habits, which yes. by extension, we will find $30,000. Well, and it was funny because we talked about this a few days ago before we recorded and even so the new year, not only do you suffer from comparing, right? Mm. Then all of a sudden you're like, oh, the holidays are over. Oh, it's a new year. We can add this, this, and that. And your brain, if you're anything like Karina and I, we're like, oh my gosh, we can do this and we can do this. And then all of these ideas come and they're all really good ideas, some better than others, some more attainable than others. And I do that a lot in slower periods. And when I was doing that, I remembered us talking and I'm like, it's not about the big goals. Cause then I get overwhelmed. Then you get anxious and then you get anxiety and then you can get into a depression, right? It is a horrible, vicious cycle. Been there, done that. You know, I'm really good with trying to figure out how not to get back to there. And with us bringing up, I'm like, it's the process. Like, what do I need to attain this big goal? Because that false sense of big growth comes with a burden and it, it yeah. comes with a burden of you don't have to hustle, right? You may have hustled and, and got the ball rolling and the ball just kept going down the hill and down the hill and, and 
and that's great. But then when you hit that plateau and you haven't, you don't need to hustle anymore. It's a scary feeling when you do have to hustle, you know, like this, right? You're hustling for 30,000. You're going to figure out how to hit that with these little steps and you're not focusing on that. But I think it also builds for a stronger business owner when you have to do these hustles too and helps you with adversity in the future. Absolutely. I mean, it reminds me of when you're a straight A student and you go to college and you flunk out because you don't know how to study. Me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that really guilty. Yeah. Uh-huh. So guilty. Oh, the first year of college was torture. It was uh-huh. so bad. And it was because I had no idea how to hustle. I I never had to study before. Why would I have to start now? <laughs> that and is me. Yep. It's not it's not healthy. I think it's I think it's healthy to have to work hard for things because it it well it also just, you know, makes the act of working hard that much easier. Once I learned to study, like forget it. I was great. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, I think same with business. I think um sometimes it's it's easy to to think that the 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 things that are you know like the growth is going to always happen it's always going to be there um and certainly i still feel that way kind of because I, I do a lot of business seminars and groups and stuff in my area and they're always like how are you attracting new customers and i'm like i am not mm-hmm. i am I've, i still haven't really had to advertise our grooming services in a meaningful way it's mostly mm-hmm. been word of mouth but that strategy has just served us well. It's not that I don't have a strategy. The strategy is word of mouth and that has worked for us by and large. Um, but one of these days I'm going to wake up and that's not going to fly anymore, you know? And and when that happens, I have to uh, change my focus and think more meaningfully about our marketing plan. Um, sort of changing gears here for a minute because I want to make sure I don't forget to talk about this. Um, okay. I, I got a Stanley Cup for Christmas. And I would never have bought one for myself, but I love it. I'm drinking massive amounts of water. I am so hydrated. I am just like pissing all day, every day. <laughs> it is insane. Um, so I'm seeing a lot of like snarky Facebook posts about like, oh, if you guys supported uh, small businesses as, as much as you supported Stanley, like I'd be booked out two years. I saw that. Yeah. And, you know, I agree. I guess, I, I mean, I understand that sentiment. I understand when you don't have any customers and you see a line outside of Target that that might piss you off a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I saw another, like, really interesting kind of rebuttal, which is that if that's what you think, then you're learning the wrong lesson. Because the lesson is not, ooh, woe is me, people need to support me more. The lesson is, if what you're doing is not working, then you need to change the conversation because Stanley cups were they were like old man thermoses they were like yes. therm- like the working man's thermos and they totally switched gears and started targeting women and putting them in pastels and marketing them to women it's and, brilliant and boom and you you know sure it's trendy sure like in 10 years everybody will have a different cup because I, you know, I swear, a couple of years ago it was the Yeti cup, and then before that it was something else. Oh yeah. Um, but good on them. I mean, I'm fascinated by this idea of like, it's not working, so I'm just going to switch it up and and see what happens. And I mm-hmm. think it's a really, really great lesson in you can change how people think about your product if you really want to. And we're sort of in that, you know, it's 10 years. I told you we became complacent and and I lost sight of everything. So it grew all haphazardly. And now I'm trying mm. to get it to go back to where it was. And the economy is completely different 10 years later, right? We've had some newer people who have opened up in our area. You know, it's so it's a little bit more saturated with groomers and grooming businesses to choose from which is great, whatever we can, it's not healthy competition is a healthy business too, right? It makes you think of all those different ways. So keeps you humble, it does accountable. It does. So when we like opened, I was like the first one in the area to have freaking just even a computer system. Well, now we're, we've gone 
backwards in technology and, and growth, not growth, but like as far as advancements in within the business organization. And now we're going to work on like a new computer system so we can offer all these other things that now other people aren't offering. So it does like you have to reevaluate your business because of that. And Jess Adorno, we had her out uh, to do hands-on training and she looked at me, she's like, you're innovative. She's like, you know how to stay on top. And every single time I feel down on myself, because there's a lot when you do the comparison on Facebook or you, you just know that you didn't hit those numbers you thought you were going to. And I just have to remember Jess's words, like you're innovative, you can do this and push through the adversity that comes your way. But yeah, no, I love when I see how like uh, 2020 watching businesses shift and and how mm. they yes how they learn how to become innovative amongst all of that was amazing and very inspirational oh absolutely i mean i can't think of any any um examples offhand but certainly i think uh, going you know being a business owner i'm fascinated at this idea of like business case studies mm-hmm. like I'm always interested to hear like, um, you know, I was just reading about like Chipotle. Where did, how did that even start? Like what, what was the whole thing? And I, and then I went down a rabbit hole and, and, and uh, um, you know, there's good and bad there, but I think it's important to look at what other businesses are doing mm-hmm. um, all the time in, and not even in your industry across all industries. Um, and, and there's, there's nothing wrong with pivoting and because that is innovation. You know, a lot of people think like, oh, if I have to close down this portion of my business and focus on this because that's what's serving me, they're like, oh, that's a failure. No, it's not a failure to recognize what's not serving you. There's nothing wrong right. with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my favorite, my favorite example is like, uh, I have a friend who owns a bunch of, um, or who manages a bunch of gas stations in the area and and works in that in that field, and he talks about how during COVID, the thing that saved them nobody was driving anywhere, gas sales plummeted. Oh yeah, and, um, their pizza, their pizza like saved them. <laughs> and how cool is that? Like, mm-hmm. uh, firstly, like what a great story. Right. But secondly, like it's you know, you can't look at that and be like, this was a failure. We failed at selling gas. I mean, yeah, but you know, there were extraneous circumstances. Um, but recognizing what was working and running with it. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's hugely, hugely important. Um, when my daycare, uh, after COVID, when my daycare was kind of like stagnant and not really working out and we decided to kind of re- configure it as day training rather than regular daycare um we were really sad and we were really bummed that we couldn't make the numbers work and so we closed it and it was kind of reborn under the same name but like really a daycare i don't have daycare anymore it's closed we we phased that out and that wasn't a failure that was me recognizing that it wasn't working and to direct our attention elsewhere so there's nothing wrong with consolidating and like following the things that serve you. And if something doesn't serve you in your business, then you got to let it go. Right. Or that's, it'll take you not, down. Yeah. That's right. not a failure. You know, closing that daycare and recognizing it wasn't making money, not a failure. The failure would have been to keep it open. Mm-hmm. That would have been the failure. Lose money. And yeah. And yeah. The pride aspect of it. Oh, it's so easy to be so proud and be like, no, it is. I want this to work. It works so hard. It's so easy. It is. I do it all the time. I'm working on that. I really am. Um, I'm but not. You very... work on, you can work on that. I'm not working <laughs> You're not. on it. No. <laughs> I'm trying really hard um, because yeah, it's hard to admit when you have, we're big thinkers, we're business yeah. owners, we're large scale. If something doesn't work out. That's a hit. That's a hit to our character. That's a hit to, yeah. Uh, just So yep. I, I hate Thomas Edison and I hate this quote because I think it's a bullshit quote. I don't think it's real, but it's like, <laughs> what is it? It's not, uh, I'm going to butcher the quote. He like failed 99 times making the light bulb mm. and he, and you know, there, he reframed it as like, I learned how to not make a light bulb 99 times. I didn't fail 99 times. I learned how to not make a light bulb 99 times, something to that effect, some yeah. stupid 
quote that I'm sure is not even actually, he probably didn't even say it, but I will say there's a nugget of truth in that, you know, it's when you fail at something, it's just closing the book so you can move on to something else. And there's nothing wrong with that because that is, there's lessons in there. There's little veins of truth in there. Like I, I learned so much from having daycare. I learned so much about what I don't want. Like Sometimes in- that's more valuable of a lesson than learning yeah. the things that work for you. Yeah. Because I mean, could... now you're not going to make those mistakes. And, nope. No, you know, I don't want this. And nope. you're not even going to try. No, nope, nope, nope. That, that portion of my life is over. We don't, we don't have daycare anymore. And I am, we're all so much better off for it. So <laughs> yeah, not a bad, not a bad thing. So, um, so I am, though, uh, in this time of, of you know, thinking about goals, thinking about uh, process-oriented goals rather than the goals themselves. <laughs> um, oh, also, I want to mention, that's not to say I'm not cheering you guys on when you guys post oh, that you've made all. a big – that is – I am so happy for you. I'm saying uh, this one goes out to all the people that are like, okay, I didn't accomplish anything this year. What about me? (laughs) And um, we're just here to say it's okay to just have survived the year. Mm -hmm. Certainly in 2020, I felt that way. But in 2023, I sort of, of, yeah, I definitely feel that way about 2023 as well. I think um, just given the year that I had just surviving, um just keeping the business like stable was Mm -hmm. really uh, um, a landmark achievement. Um, Taking care of my people um, and, you know, ending the year on a really positive note, actually uh, all things considered. So that's, that's my win and Mm -hmm. that's good enough for me. That's, that's plenty. I am so grateful um, to have learned the lessons that I learned this past year. And to put the hard work, it's no easy feat right? You have to credit yourself on that too. Whoever's listening, it it may not be monetary or number oriented or any of that, but the work is just as hard putting it in. So you got to give yourself a pat on the back. Yeah. We see you. You did good. Mm -hmm. You did. You did good kid. And uh, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I, I, I can relate. We can all relate. We've all been there. So yeah, my goals for 2024, are all based on process and based on um, just some, some inner working stuff that we've needed to get the kinks out for a while. Um, And, and it's okay to have those kinds of goals rather than flashy, you know, growth goals. And I, I think also it's, it's healthier. It's healthier to take care of yourself in a, kind of meaningful way. So continuing for me, that means continuing to diversify our revenue streams. So that means like a healthy mix of revenue. And so I, when I, what I mean by that is I don't want us to make all of our money just on grooming or all of our money just on day training or all of our money just on self-service because what happens if something happens to that business, that line of business. Mm-hmm. Um, so having a nice healthy mix ensures that I can be a little more nimble. I can, um, you know, be really proactive about growing specific areas. Um, the way it was explained to me is kind of, um, so let's say you have a bunch of customers and you have, um, let's say like, let's say you're just, um, like you're, you're just grooming out of a garage, for example. And, and it's just, it's just you and you only groom a couple days a week and you're very low volume and that's what suits you. But let's say that you get in touch with, um, a client that has, 20 dogs and um you start grooming all 20 dogs and this takes up maybe half of your appointment space because you're just as soon as you finish grooming a dog the next day there's another dog that they have for you right um and you're thinking wow this is really fantastic like half of my income is a done deal from this person but in reality what happens if that relationship sours and now half of your business goes away? So Mm -hmm. the way it was taught to me was that would be a black widow client. Um, And a black widow is a really powerful client that like um, powerful in the way that they influence your business and that like they have a ton of influence over your business, 
Um, they're really fantastic, but if you lose them, it would cripple you. And instead of having Black Widow clients, um, you should really go for like the nice repeatable clients that are just always a small portion of your income. So these were called um, chickens and pigs in this in this uh, <laughs> in this particular metaphor. So uh-huh. I, so you want all of your dogs to really come from different people because then they're isolated from each other. So if you lose a dog here and there, it's not a ripple effect, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how it was taught to me initially was based on clients. But the fact is there can be black widows in any part of your business. Anything that affects your business too much that you don't have anything to fall back on can be a black widow. So when grooming as a whole is my whole business, then my black widow becomes grooming itself. Um, let's say you get, you are like really beholden to one specific kind of shampoo and they only make it in small batches. That can be your black widow because that's a, a, an example of like, you don't have control over that situation. And if that shampoo goes under, you're screwed. So yep, that's kind of a weird way. I'm not doing a great job explaining it, but basically, I think you're doing really, no, oh, okay. Yeah. Thanks. Thank, well, thanks for saying that. Yeah. So, yeah. um, cause the way this was explained to me was basically in terms of like, if you're a project manager and you have clients that you're doing projects mm-hmm. for all the time, but it's a little bit different for grooming, but I've been thinking a lot about where are the black widows in my business? Where are the things that if they left, they could be people, they could be vendors, they could be equipment, they could be anything. Where are the points in my business that if something happened, I would be in deep doo-doo? And this year has taught me that um, they're not as bad as you think. Like, Mm -hmm. think of, like, your scariest, worst-case scenario and just play it out in your head till the end because I promise you, um, for me, that scenario happened this year and it's fine. Like, it's totally fine. And you you can survive anything you know mm-hmm. you're 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 way stronger than you think so yeah just continuing to diversify our income streams i think is is our goal and we'll see how it goes yep and mine is to continue uh, working on the same thing just those small things to make it a stronger business inside um internally and getting the um getting just that organization back that I've always wanted that I lost amongst the growth because Mm -hmm. there were so many other different directions that I got pulled into. So now I want to make it to where it is, it is able to sustain itself even better because it's able to sustain itself, but I need to tweak some things and, and get it stronger so that I can really not have to worry about if I step away. So yeah. we're almost there. I'm still figuring out some little tweaks here and there, but that's my my goal. You know, it doesn't have to be, the numbers will come with that foundation. Yes. And, and that's all that I can ask for. Because once yeah. I get all of that healthy, it goes out into the world. And it makes the brand the way that the brand is, it, how I want my brand to be. Yeah. So, yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I'm looking forward to, um, in two weeks from today, we will be on the Barkley Pup Pro Cruise, which, uh, because we're a week off. Yes. (laughs) Yes. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Um, so, and that's, um, with our speaker, Blake Hernandez. So we're very excited to spend five nights with him. Uh, touring Mexico and the Caribbean and um, just soaking, soaking up all the knowledge and the rich experience that he's had. Um, I'm bringing four of my groomers. I'm so thrilled um, to, to get to spend, you know, just some downtime with them and, and really get to be part of this kind of educational opportunity for them. So we're really, really excited over here. So that cruise is sold out. Um, and also I don't know what kind of life you live if you were going to go on a cruise two weeks from now, but, um, (laughs) that cruise is sold out, but our Alaska sailing, um, was recently announced for the last week of, uh, August, 2024 with Sue Zeko and, uh, Jay Scruggs. And that's very exciting to have not one, but two speakers. I know this is, Uh. will this be like the first time? I don't know in Barkley you know, history. Know. To, I don't know. We'd have to ask Todd. We'll ask, we'll ask Barkley. I, it might yeah. be. Um, but we're very excited to have kind of a, a double billing on the marquee 
and bring them both up to Alaska. And it's going to be a really beautiful um, itinerary. I mean, honestly, it's like you've been to Alaska. You said it was I amazing. Have. Yes. Yeah. And we can do something. Maybe we should do a live or something about just the different things that you can do, or I can even pull up picture. I mean, it's, it's amazing. All yeah. Every part of it is amazing, but yes. Yeah. I'm... We'll have to do something like that. So those cabins are going really fast. And um, I don't know if you guys are noticing this, but ever since COVID, like revenge vacationing is a thing. <laughs> so cruise ships are in huge demand right now to the point where like, you know, the so we basically get a block of rooms, right? Just like when you do a hotel block, mm-hmm. those always sell out, but then we can sell into the rest of the ship's inventory. Um, but now we're having this like really delightful phenomenon where like the entire ship sells out. So (laughs) if you are on the fence about going to Alaska, put your deposit down, like go ahead and put it down now because um, you can do payment plans. You can put the money aside a little bit here and there until final payment is due. But I promise you, if you wait on this, it's going to sell out. I know it's going to sell out. I'm not even worried. Um, And if you're unable to join us for Alaska in August, then in January 2025, we will still have our regular scheduled Barkley Pet Perot cruise sailing somewhere in the Caribbean to be determined. Yes. Um, and watch out for details about that arriving soon. Yeah. Super excited. Fabulous. All right. Well, um, so are we going to go live from the cruise? What are we thinking? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Go live and so, we can actually uh, record too. Fabulous. We'll so yeah. So maybe our, our next podcast will probably be... Um, Oh, from the poop deck? Can we do from the... Is that is the poop Ooh. deck still a thing? I don't know. Is it? I'm not saying pool deck. I'm saying poop deck because <laughs> yes, I, mean, I think it's funny. Um, I, we'll find some really weird kind of interesting place. Space. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be on Radiance of the Seas. It's a it's a vision class ship from Royal Caribbean. So there's lots of places. There's lots of nooks and crannies with... There um, is. With uh, really amazing views. Um, I just found out Radiance has the most glass out of any royal caribbean ship so far uh i don't know if that's true after icon comes out but it has the most glass out of any ship yeah Ah. that seems like a hazard but it is a benefit (laughs) so a lot of natural light all right awesome well we will come uh see you guys or we will come to you live uh possibly from the ship we'll do a little live stream and then uh record our uh next episode as well so thanks for tuning in everyone have a good one bye-bye bye